Hello, and welcome to another episode of Intelligence for Your Life, the podcast. I'm Gib Gerard, alongside none other than John Tesh. John, how you doing? I'm good. I was thinking, you know, you, I, I, we've, I, I was doing an interview today, and somebody else said uh, none other than, and you know, my wife is, uh, or no, they said the one and only, and, oh. and, and my, I said, you know, my wife is very happy there's only one and only. <laughs> it's not like it's not like uh, Shecky Green or you Henny know, Youngman. You know, man. Whenever I hear about polygamists, I always think, really? You yeah, wanted? Yeah. You needed more of that? <laughs> oh God! No, it's, uh, that does sound look, like a routine. It's just, it's just, you know, one is enough. Okay. I just don't understand it. Anyway, uh, and sure, and I'm sure your wife feels the same way. <laughs> I'm sure she does. <laughs> and look, look, I'm sure she does. I just, you know, uh, I'm just saying. I hate this politically correct thing. <laughs> Whatever. Well, poor, anyway. Poor Imus. <laughs> hey, how's, uh, you've been working on your book, yeah. Relentless. How's that going? It's going, thanks for asking. It's going great. I got two more weeks uh, as of this taping. And um, I there's, I have to get myself, you know, I was, I, 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 as you know, I got kicked out of school and ended up in a tent. And I, you know, you know, when you're writing this you're, book, by the way, for those of you that don't, don't listen to every episode, is a book that John's been working on for a little while now. And it two is, and a half years. It's all about... It's the story of how the radio show was created, but it's really a memoir uh, alongside his healing cancer journey. So uh, it's 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 everything from how he got from being on the radio in North Carolina to Entertainment Tonight to Red Rocks to this radio show to the radio show and podcast. Yeah, there's some there's some I think there's some interesting stuff in there, and 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 going through it, it's like wow, how did that happen? How did that if happen? If you didn't think there was interesting stuff in there, you wouldn't be writing I know, a book. I know that's true, but you know, I, I I didn't write it consecutively. I wrote it as as you know d- different mm-hmm. different mm-hmm. beats, you know, and so I, I just I left out really obvious parts. I mean, things like uh, you know, I, I well, okay, so you got thrown out of school and you ended up in a tent, but I never put myself in the tent. I did it when you know when we do li- the live. Uh, show the concerts mm-hmm. i do it then right but uh but i but i forgot to put it in the book so the, the, the editor's like hey you left out a part and so i'm getting close but it's that's why you, that's why i've been stressed lately is try, i've been trying to get really early and and finish it it's a, it's it's i i have so much respect for authors now you know i was talking to ryan holiday who wrote uh, obstacle is the way and ego is the enemy and all that and um he's been a guest on this show yes yeah he's, a, couple a couple of times. times yeah and i was talking to him about uh, his new book. He was emailing me, and he wants you to do an interview with him. And so, Anytime. so uh, it, you know, it, it was it was interesting because he was he he. This is like his fifth book since like, I since I've been writing one. Yeah, yeah. He yeah, cranks him yeah. out. Yeah, he, he cranks does. him out. So uh, listen, I'm really excited about today's uh, guest because I watched um, I watched Gilligan's Island for you know for years and years, and uh, and I just think you know I'm always wondering what Don Wells is up to. This is, is so. Oh, this is so frustrating. I'm so sorry. This is not Donald's. This is Sean Wells. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Oh. It's a very oh. different person. Oh. Uh, so Sean Wells is is a nutritionist. That's he a is, really bad joke, wasn't it? <laughs> it was, but I played I played it up. You did. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I'm so it. sorry, John. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like a real. It was like the a... only joke I could think of. <laughs> I, I know something that that rhymes with Sean Wells. <laughs> But Sean Wells is speaking my language, so go ahead, tell people so what's going on. He is a performance nutritionist, and, and he's an expert in supplementation. In fact, he's called the world's greatest formulator. He formulates supplements for all kinds of people. And we're going to talk about uh, not just the ketogenic diet, but but the problems with the standard Western or standard American diet that we have right now, which is uh, uh, ultra-processed foods. Oh, yeah. So we're going to break down what ultra-processed foods mean. Uh, what that does to your cellular metabolism, uh, he gets in the weeds. I pull him out of the weeds. We try to do, you know, he get, he really he wants to talk about like the different enzymes in your mitochondria. So if you want that information, it's in there. But don't worry, <laughs> I keep him. I hold him to task and have him talk for normal people. Um, I also put some links into some of our other for our, some of our other. Uh, ketogenic and nutrition-based podcasts. Uh, the links are in the show notes. I to, see them. They're amazing. To uh, Frank Yosa, who developed Ketonade, um, uh, Dom D'Agostino, who is, you know, that's that he's like one of my favorite interviews of all time, and Dr. Anthony Gustin, who uh, who does uh, Perfect Keto, and he's also a, a keto nutritionist. So, uh, yeah. And by the way, when, when Gibbs says Sean Wells is a, an expert in the field of performance nutrition, you might be thinking, oh, but I'm not really thinking about, about running a marathon. But think about how much energy you want to have if you're the oh. if you're if you're the parent of three kids like Gib, or if you've got a presentation, or if you know if you're in the gym and you're 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 not trying to win any race, but you just want more, uh, you want more energy, you want more focus in your life. So that's right. what performance nutrition can be like. And and that's a hundred percent true. And also, you know, when you combine, especially if you live a sedentary lifestyle, if you have bad nutrition with a sedentary lifestyle, you're really doubling up 
on some terrible things for your metabolism. Uh, and so he's going to take us through uh, through all of that stuff and how to how to kind of undo some of that. That's so, awesome. So please wait for that. Uh, yeah. Uh, alert your friends. Uh, now I just found out that uh, before we get to Sean, I just found out that MIT is teaching poker, and you can actually take this course. And you're you're asking you know, why would uh, the Massachusetts Institute of Technology offer a free online class on how to play poker? It's called Poker Theory and uh, and Analytics because they have determined, and Gabe, you probably know this to be true. It, that using math and applied theory to get better at, at playing poker can enhance your business skills like investment management and stock trading. Look, okay, 100%. Keep going. Sorry. So the uh, poker theory is taught through video lectures, and you can check out class notes uh, online, and Gibbs is going to put the, the notes to how you get to open course where – uh, right here in the in the podcast description. Go ahead. So I'll put. Yeah, I'll give you a link to the the MIT class on poker right in the show notes. Uh, but but here's the deal. Look, human beings are we are terrible at assessing risk about real statistical risk when we look at things. That's why we're scared to get on an airplane, but we're not scared to drive to the airport. Right. Uh, we are we are scared to get in the water with sharks, but we are not scared to kick a vending machine. By the way, you are I think. Three times more likely, five times more likely to be crushed to death by oh, yeah. a vending machine than yeah. you are to get bit by a shark. Just yeah, I, think so, you know. it's, I think it's forty-two people a year in North America are killed by by yeah. a uh, by a vending machine. And, and it's it's six uh, pe- six people are killed from shark attacks around so, the yeah. world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So it's uh, it, you're, so again, we we have a disproportionate fear of sharks, and we're not afraid of vending machines. So, so we're terrible at assessing risk. One of the cool things about poker is it is it is a uh, it is a game of assessing risk properly. It is knowing what the odds are and knowing when to bet, know when to hold them, know when to fold them. And uh, so it, it absolutely is a great way of sharpening your mind to be able to assess risk regularly, consistently, and also reading people across the table, which is all business is, right? Yeah, so so yeah. being able to read people, being able to know when they're bluffing when you're, and knowing how to bluff yourself and be able to assess risk quickly – those are all factors that make you better at almost everything. Yeah, I love I love this idea, and, and you you can see that link. Uh, Gibbs going to put that in there for you. Also, what a wild time we live in, where the best universities in the world give away their classes for free online. You know, you really oh, have I no, love it. You have no I excuse for not continuing to I learn. As, uh, well, and you know, and people, it's interesting because people like because uh, I've been I've been in this sort of in I've been in a uh, Dr. Jordan Peterson immersion. I'm you almost, really have been. I'm it's almost insane. Done with he's just such a, he's just such a great speaker. You know, I mean, he just okay. So he's a lightning rod for some controversy, but the way he pulls Bible stories out of the old Old Testament and then uses them to even connect to, gosh, you know, every film like like he. He, he uses Cain and Abel to explain why so many crazy people are are, are shooting up schools, right? Mm-hmm. And then he uses Pinocchio to, to and, and takes the story of Pinocchio all the way through the Harry Potter stories. I mean, it's just a really anyway. My point is that um, you know people like that, and there's also some there's some great uh, you know scriptural teachings. People have realized that if they put that stuff on YouTube and even on on, on Facebook and not charge for it. That, that it's it makes the world a better place, it but does. it also draws people to them. So, right. so you know, it's it's not all about. I used to think this. It's not all about going on YouTube or Facebook and say, "Buy my album, <clears throat> buy my album, buy my album, come see me speak." If you if you if you help people, right? Mm-hmm. You have compassion for other people, and you help them, and you and you lift them up. They, it's the same principle as when you walk into Costco and you get all the free food. You feel like you got to buy something. Yeah. Yeah. Now you feel like you got to buy one of his books because you watched all of his YouTube videos, <laughs> right? Exactly. <laughs> all right. Oh, one one other thing, Gib, and this is this really uh, relates to uh, to Sean Wells too. There's a tip from the uh, Journal of Medicine and Science and Sports Exercise, and the reason I brought this in uh, to share with you is that I've seen you do this. So they say the in the journal they say that the next time you feel, I'll, I'll give you their bottom line first, then we'll back into the rest of it. Next time you feel your workout dragging and your energy flagging, they say give yourself a mental pep talk. Trying to convince yourself not to feel exhausted can make your workout feel half as difficult and empower you through. So if you tell yourself things like, and, and out loud, you know, speak it out loud, you're doing great. You're doing great, Gib. Keep pushing, <laughs> Gib. You're feeling good, Gib. You know, that kind of thing. That it makes it half as hard. So I, I talk to myself like a coach. Like, come on, Gib. Focus. Focus. Get through it. And I'm not as, I'm not as encouraging. I'm more Well, of you've like heard that when you were playing water polo. Right. I, that, yeah, yeah, so I talk like a coach. But the other thing is, I talk to myself... But I also I, I work out at a at a public gym and it is a place with other people. It's not like a, you know like a private place. And I have headphones in literally all the time, and uh, I have my music on loud. 
So when I talk to myself, yeah. people around me can really hear me talk to myself. Yeah. Just yeah. so just so if you see me, I look like I look like the one of the people that used to walk through Times Square back when it was a not a not a safe place in New York City. Just just walking down the middle of the gym, yeah. yelling at myself to do one more rep. Well, and I've been in the gym with you before. Well, you know, I got kicked out of a gym for for grunting. Which is ridiculous. But but I've been in the gym with you before and and you do sound like you may have had a brain injury. Because because you can't hear yourself when it's really loud. I've heard uh-huh. you go, come on, yeah, 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 because yeah, yep. you can't hear yourself. Nope. It's that's like, a, yeah. it's a hundred percent true. I I sound ridiculous, um, but you know what? I'm getting the workout done. But people stay away from you. It's cool. Yeah, it's great. I get, about, what's I, the next thing is going to do? Throw the weight at me? Right. Exactly. So right. I think of all the space I get. I get all the. I get access to all the plates, all the best machines. Nobody wants to. <laughs> nobody wants to work in on 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 the. On the fly machine. Yeah, I was so excited about getting more access to the plates. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, it can be, if you go in those peak times, it can be a little rough. You know, I have to tell you real quickly, speaking of plates, that, you know, we talk about me writing this book, is that when my dad found out that I wanted to be an entertainer, you know, he said he had to put me in, he, he, he enrolled me in North Carolina State in the textile chemistry go program pack. because, yeah, because he was, he was making underwear for a living at Haynes. Mm-hmm. And so he figured that's what I needed to do. But, but uh, I remember, everybody I, always I, needs underwear, Johnny. I remember him saying these words to me. He said, he, he, I talked, told him that, that I wanted to go to Interlochen or one of these performing arts schools. Mm-hmm. And, and he go, to do what? To do what? You know, they really need, but I said, because I want to be a performer, Dad. I want to be, be a musician. And he goes, to do what? To spin plates on the Ed Sullivan show? <laughs> <laughs> Well, not exactly <laughs> that, but you know, similar. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and uh, he said, "What, what do you got to have next? A monkey act?" You know. And so, I mean, go ahead. I got to say about the plate spinning. <clears throat> I know what's wrong with that. Nothing's <laughs> wrong with it. Not an easy thing to do. Requires a lot of practice and attention to detail, and it's unbelievable. But once well, stamina you, too. But once you've seen it. Yeah. <laughs> You've seen it. Yeah. Like I could go back and watch Jerry Seinfeld do a new act or to yeah, watch yeah, the thing. Yeah. If I've seen guy spin plays already, it's like, hey, I've seen you spin Yeah, the but you've also seen the guy shot out of the cannon at Ringling Brothers, you know? Yeah. And, 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 so, and so you you go because something bad could happen. That's well, why you what go. Could ba- what bad could happen when you're spinning plates? You, well, I mean, listen, you have to buy if, another if, plate. If, if you're, they use china, and if if it was my mom, she, I mean, she she, she was rip, she was riveted, you know. Now, see, that's a show I would watch. Go into someone's house. You use their good heirloom china, and the plate spinner spins that. Well, that I would watch. I may have had a beer, and, <laughs> and, and I I did the thing because I saw this on TV. I did the thing in my house. I got in so much trouble to pull. I, I, we, we had a little dinner party. My, my parents did, and I went to pull the uh, the the tablecloth oh. out. Yeah, it didn't work out. Oh. <laughs> All right. Well, so anyway, you know, where were we? Okay, go ahead. So coming up, we've got our interview with with Sean Wells uh, and links to he, we talk about a couple of supplements and again a couple of other interviews that we've done on the show. Links to all that stuff in the show notes. You don't have to worry about writing it down as well as to his website and all that stuff. Uh, but uh, before that, real quick, a word from our sponsors, Weeder Artery Health, and then right after that, right into our interview with Sean Wells. Hey, it's John Tesh here to tell you about Weeder Artery Health. If you're concerned about maintaining your heart health, I urge you to check out Weeder Artery Health. It's crucial to maintain healthy and flexible arteries, and that's where Weeder Artery Health comes in. It has clinically researched key ingredients like vitamin K2, which is hard to get enough of from food alone. Weeder Artery Health uses MenaQ7 as the source of vitamin K2. It's been clinically shown to help transport calcium to your bones. Weeder Artery Health also includes an ingredient called Aronia Berry, which improves circulation and helps maintain blood pressure by keeping arteries flexible. Proper blood flow is your lifeline, and I want you to live a long and healthy life. So grab a box of Weeder Artery Health. I get mine at Costco for the best value, and you can too. Or you can visit Weeder.com. Go to Costco.com or Weeder.com for Weeder Artery Health. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Sean Wells, mega nutritionist. I'm just going to call you mega nutritionist because I think I think that's that's fair. Uh, you are also a ketogenic diet expert, and you've you have used the ketogenic diet to cure some stuff in your own life as well as a whole bunch of of other things um, and and for other people. So just we're really thankful to have you on the program today and dive into some to what we think is a great diet, but what I've heard you know, which is a very trendy diet right now. So thank uh, agreed, you. and thank you for having me on. I'm really excited to be here. Uh, one of the first things, uh, you know, I, 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 keto gets a lot of press right now um, it, because a lot of people have had some really drastic weight loss uh, with it. And so I think a lot of people are diving into it with misinformation and for the wrong reasons. 
Um, personally, I, I'm watching some people do it. What I, what I think is for, are for the wrong reasons. Can you uh, can you illuminate like how you got into it and how you discovered uh, how you discovered it for yourself? Yeah, it was about 20 years ago that I actually got into this, so I was a little bit ahead of the curve. Yeah, man, and, way uh, ahead of the curve. <laughs> yeah, and I was actually in school for my master's in nutritional biochemistry at UNC Chapel Hill, and I had gotten Epstein Barr virus, which is also known as mono. And it destroyed me. Uh, wow. It lasted much longer than is normal. And I ended up having lasting chronic fatigue uh, syndrome, fibromyalgia, Hashimoto's, uh, a number of things that I was dealing with autoimmune wise. And the fatigue was extreme. And so I needed to find something. And I was digging through some uh, diets online and, mm -hmm. and I found the ketogenic diet which at the time was good for epilepsy and, and weight loss. There was, there was some research on that. It, there wasn't the newer data on all these other disease states, but it ended up helping. That's, right. that's, that's important. We've talked about this before, though, but it's yeah. important to reiterate. Like, so the ketogenic diet was originally an epilepsy treatment developed by Johns Hopkins about 100 years ago. Exactly. Yeah, it's about to have its uh, 100th anniversary. Um, exactly. As a, as a high-fat, very low-carbohydrate mm -hmm. diet. Mm -hmm. And... And it helped me dramatically with inflammation and energy. But at the time, it was a little hard to maintain um, easily because there wasn't as much information. There wasn't as much recipes. Uh, I didn't know about something called gluconeogenesis, maybe mm. where you eat too much protein and then that can convert into glucose. Um, you know, there's, there was some information on Atkins, but low carb and ketogenic is different. Um, ketogenic is a low carbohydrate diet mm -hmm. but a ketogenic diet isn't necessarily um just low carb like it's, right. it's it has to be high fat moderate protein and there are some differences because you have to promote ketones right uh, an alternate energy fuel source from glucose right and we tend to get glucose intolerant over time with so many of these metabolic conditions. We know about type 2 diabetes. Mm -hmm. That one's obvious. But Alzheimer's, for example. Right. I've, I've heard diabetes. it's called diabetes of the brain. Yeah, it's type 3 diabetes, diabetes of the brain. And PCOS, polycystic ovarian syndrome, is diabetes of the ovaries. And we're finding that many of these diseases uh, track back to uh, metabolic dysfunction Mm -hmm. which is tied to glucose intolerance, which is actually tied back even further to mitochondrial dysfunction, which is a mouthful. But uh, people might know the mitochondria like from high school biology. It's the powerhouse of the cell. The powerhouse of the <laughs> cell. That's it. Exactly. Yeah. Generating ATP and energy. Right. Uh, and that's the way we get cellular energy. And we're finding that many people are in what's called insufficient cellular energy states, ICE. Uh, and in the brain, they call it brain energy gap with uh, neurological conditions like Parkinson's, Alzheimer's, et cetera. And basically, the, the idea is the same is that, you know, if you're glucose tolerant, if you're insulin sensitive, then you can deal well with glucose and you can create that energy through the, the citric acid cycle, which used to be called the Krebs cycle in the, in the mitochondria. Mm -hmm. And you can get all the, the cellular energy you need. Right. But... With mitochondrial dysfunction and with metabolic uh, syndrome and metabolic dysfunction, then you have situations where you're not getting enough energy for the cell and for your body. And this is where keto can come in and it bypasses something called the, the secondary complex of the electron transport chain. Again, super sciencey. Super nerdy. But, super nerdy. But what happens is you get the energy you need from this alternate fuel source. Mm -hmm. And so there's two main fuel sources. We're, we're mainly dual fuel with glucose and ketones. There's some other ones as well, like lactate, but mainly it's glucose and ketones. And this, the ketones provide that energy because so many of us are metabolically dysregulated mm -hmm. that we have, we're, we're running around feeling inflamed, feeling low on energy, feeling uh, obese, feeling like we just, we can't get through the day. We're hypertonic with our muscles. Like mm -hmm. when people touch you and you know, you're, man, your muscles are tight. A lot of this stuff is related to um, metabolic dysfunction. 
Now, what about people who say, okay, so um, that was a that was a big mouthful about metabolic mm-hmm. dysfunction, and I and and I, I do want to get into some of the weeds with it, um, but I also mm-hmm. want to I want to zoom out to thirty thousand feet. So basically, what you're saying is the uh, the standard Western diet at this point with the processed foods and um, the high carbohydrate diet, essentially, it basically creates a situation where our cells are tired. That, exactly. that, that I mean, I, I know I'm I know I'm oversimplifying. Yes, I'm being overly reductive, but that's basically what you're saying is that we have made a situation where we are walking around and our cells are not able to create energy in the right way, and it's having all kinds of consequences from regular old fashioned type two diabetes, you know, your grandma's diabetes, uh, to other kinds of uh, secondary, what you would call type three diabetes, like Alzheimer's and, uh, you know, uh, um, ovarian, what would you call it? Ovarian, um, PCOS yeah. and, and cancers even propagate yeah. by glucose. So right. That's, right. Yeah. That's how I got into the ketogenic diet is because, mm-hmm. uh, uh, John got cancer. And so we were doing the ketogenic diet to starve the cancer out. So now, um, I, I'm, I'm on board with all of that. Why, why do you think why do you think it's so popular all of a sudden right now like what is it that that is is making this idea of glucose bad fat good um such a popular move right now it's a few things so i think we're more obese than we've ever been true uh we're more sedentary than ever which leads to more glucose intolerance if you just took a 10 minute walk after you ate, you could radically change your, your glucose tolerance for sure. It's so simple. Is that right? Uh, yes, it's huge. But one of the other, yeah, it has to do with, again, getting nerdy, glute four translocation, getting glucose into the cell. Like you're more readily able to do that when you exercise. So just moving after you eat can help with that quite a bit. Wow. Uh, one of the other big things is, as you were mentioning, the Western diet, also known as the standard American diet, SAD mm-hmm. is the acronym, and it truly is, because we're eating hyper-processed foods. Right. Um, uh, sometimes called ultra-processed foods. It, it's the same idea. We don't. They don't even call it processed foods anymore because it's not only containing artificial flavor, sweeteners, colors, GMOs, antibiotics. Uh, but it's also manipulative ingredients that are right. uh, put there by food engineers, scientists that make you addicted. And they're called high bliss point foods that trigger dopamine and serotonin in the brain. And so it overrides something called satiety, which is basically feeling full right. and knowing when to stop. Right. Which when you eat whole food happens. Right. But when you eat Coca-Cola, when you eat. Uh, you know, sub subway and when you eat, you know, Burger King and, you know, whatever, all this stuff like these breads and, and sauces. And, you know, it's not just fat, but it's fat mixed with high glycemic carbohydrate, right. which doesn't occur in nature. Right. right? And, and, and to so, be fair, to be fair, we, the, 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 the chains that they are, that they are breaking into these food scientists are, are, are very natural. Our bodies need fat sugar and, and 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 salt uh in in certain amounts but it's really really rare in nature and i think one of the things that these guys are doing is is breaking into that fat salt and sugar paradigm that we have and giving us artificial versions of it that make us even more cra- crave it even more and make it more bioavailable than we were than we would be able to find in nature so we get that we get that shock to our system of the of those good rare things um, but we get it in such abundance that it's making us sick. 100%. So here's an example. Like if I was to give you some raw almonds, right? Mm-hmm. And you were to eat those, you would stop after like 10. You'd be like, oh, they, you know, these are good. And let's say I, I, you know, cook them and then it brings out kind of a roasted note. Love it. I might eat a few more. And then I put oil on them. Then I put salt on them. Mm-hmm. Then I put honey habanero and salt. Okay, now um, I'm really now I'm just getting hungry. So we so can right, we get to right. the point. But you see what I'm saying? Like <laughs> yeah. you're triggering all these different in your brain. You like typically with foods, you get acidic, you get sweet, you get salty, you get crunchy, mm-hmm. you get gooey, you know, whatever. But now if you think about it, you know, they're doing maple syrup on the crispy bacon with the you know, it's like they're they're they keep one upping the the textures the flavors so that you're getting overloaded in your brain right 
and right. it's literally powerfully addictive. And if you don't believe me, walk into the store of addictions that we call the convenience store mm -hmm. and try and walk out of there with nothing because it's filled with alcohol, tobacco, caffeine, sugar. Those are the four know, basic food groups, right? Right. Right. And you have a hard time. I mean, if you look around at these cases, right, like, you know, the, the beverages in them or, you know, the candy bars and all the things up by the register, it's all super colorful right. bottles and liquids and packages. And again, it's triggering your brain on so many levels. Right. And it's so hard right. to walk out of there. It's so addictive. If that store was filled with whole food, mm -hmm. you know how much easier it would be to walk out of there? Yeah. You yeah. know, but it's it's these these uh, ultra processed foods that didn't exist before, and it it was I'm not anti carb, like it's just like I think keto is a is a good solution for when you're metabolically broken right. or you really just need to lose a lot of weight or you're in some of these disease states. Right. But I think there's certain people if you look all over the rest of the world that are active that are moving around that aren't eating these ultra processed foods that fast sometimes, that mm -hmm. don't eat all mm -hmm. day long, mm -hmm. and they're healthy. So it's not like carbs are necessarily bad. It's it's more that this Western diet and we're, we're kind of set up for failure. Yeah, and I, I think too, it's it's the, like you mentioned there, it's it's the kind of carbohydrates that we're getting a hold of that, that really that really get us. It's the, it's the extra processing thing because, you know, not to get, not to get into the to the the nitty gritty governmental element of this, but we subsidize heavily uh, in in the United States crops that are used in a lot of these ultra processed foods, and exactly. they have found ways to turn the chemicals in those subsidized crops into um, into the chemicals that are in our food. So it's rearranged bits of corn, which is heavily subsidized uh, soy, like uh, particulates, parts of soy that have been, that have been extracted and worked with because it's a good base molecule for them to be able to do. All of that stuff is, a, is in our food system. And it's what we, what we eat on a regular basis that our body cannot naturally process. So it's, 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 it's carbohydrates and then some, um, and it also is cheaper than getting whole foods. It's cheaper to get the processed, ultra-processed food than it is to go get what your body might actually want, which is an actual lean cut of steak or even a fatty cut of steak, but it's not been processed, or um, real carbohydrates from fruits and vegetables. That's way more expensive. Exactly. And it, shouldn't and, be. it should be more right. expensive if you have to process it. Right. And, and to some degree, this feels like um, because the knowledge isn't put out there very well right. and the foods are cheaper, that it's almost preying on those that are impoverished, yes. which is really sad. Yes. Um, you know, the people that, that need it the most uh, are the ones that are getting it the least. And, and if you go to a convenience store, sometimes a convenience store in an inner city is all there is. Right, food deserts. Yeah. Right, exactly. So no, it's, it's, it's very frustrating uh, what's happening um, on that socioeconomic level, right. for sure. And I, okay, so I would go. I, mean, I want to. I want to back up real fast because there's there's two things I want to get to. I want to get back to gluconeogenesis. Um, mm -hmm. but, bef but before that, there's something else I want to say about the ketogenic diet. And I've said this. I've said this before. And that is like you talked about being metabolically broken a few minutes ago. This yeah. idea that because of this food system that we're a part of, we we are overeating the wrong kinds of foods because these foods have been have been engineered to deprogram us to stop eating. Um, which I, I buy into wholeheartedly. Like there's, there's no question that, I mean, the original one was MSG, right? We got right. MSG, you get MSG in your food and it makes you, it makes you feel a false sense of satiety and then, uh, or it makes the food seem like it's better for you than it is. And then all of a sudden you're still hungry and you just keep eating. Like it's, there's, we got rid of MSG or we started saying no MSG because we noticed that that was a problem and they've worked around that. Now we can't even name the chemicals that are the problem. Um, right. But uh, but one of the things that that uh, I noticed is in 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 trying to break that metabolic brokenness in my own life and going keto, I got a different relationship with food, where I stopped craving it as like sometimes I crave food as a hobby when I'm not in ketosis. Like I, I want a snack not because I'm hungry, but because I want to get a snack. And when mm -hmm. I um, and my body and maybe I'm a little bit hungry or I'm like I'm peckish. Um, what keto, what the ketogenic diet and being ketosis did for me is it actually broke me 
of the uh, sugar cycle in my body so that I had a different relationship with food. I really was able to listen to my body a whole lot better than I was before. And that made me uh, reach for the foods that I knew were going to, that I was actually hungry for as opposed to, um, as opposed to reaching for foods that I thought would make me feel better. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think we're all addicted uh, to the processed foods, especially right. to the sugar. Um, and, and exactly getting on the ketogenic diet, you can detox from that. And I do say detox because people talk about the keto flu Yes. and the keto flu is really you getting off of high glycemic carbohydrate and right. detoxing from right. that. Right. For if sure. you were already low carb, if you were already whole food and you got on keto, typically you don't have the keto flu. People is that, that right? get keto flu, yeah, people that get keto flu are like the carb addicts, the the high glycemic carb, the junk food junkies, so to speak. And you know, they're the people that are looking for all the keto desserts and the keto treats at the beginning and uh it's it's hard. It makes it a little harder to go through uh and get into full ketosis. Uh, when you're addicted, I thought I ate pretty healthy before I started keto. Uh, before I started going into keto, and and I had the keto flu, so maybe I just needed to reevaluate what I was eating ahead of time. Uh, I want to go back to gluconeogenesis because Anthony Gustin's been on the show. He's um, he has he, he, uh, perfect keto is his brand. He's got some great supplements yeah. there. Uh, but he said, especially if you're active, gluconeogenesis is not something you need to worry about so much. Why do you think it's something you need to worry about? Uh, that's an interesting topic. I don't mean to sit, pit you against him. That. I'm just saying we've had somebody say it for the, those of us, for the people that listen to every episode of this show. I know that this is going to be new and inf different information than we've given out before. So I just kind of that's why I brought him up. Yeah, yeah, no. So gluconeogenesis first is if you break down the word right and you know your roots, then gluco is is sugar, sugar. and neo is new, new. and genesis is creation. creating. Yeah. So it's creating uh, sugar from the protein. And if your protein level is too high, this can be an issue. Um, but like, to his point, I think it's when you have more muscle, I've found, like if you're an athletic or lean or bodybuilder or male, let's say you're kind of in those groups and you yeah. have additional muscle and you're highly active, then you have more carbohydrate tolerance and you have more protein tolerance. Mm. Like... Uh, if that makes sense, because there's one thing that happens, like I was mentioning before, how if you're if you're moving and you're active, you can pull more glucose into the cell more easily. Mm -hmm. You can convert it to what's called glycogen, the stored muscle carbohydrate. So you can get bodybuilders, you know, some 270 pound muscle muscular guy I've like the guys, rock. Yeah, he could eat like 150 grams of carbs and still be in ketosis because he's working out for three right. hours a day. He has a ton of muscle. You know, he's he's a unique person. But like or a Dominic, woman Dominic D'Agostino, who we've had on the show, who's a giant. Yeah, he's a good friend. Yeah, he's a giant human being, and I feel like mm -hmm. he could, he when he cheats, and he doesn't cheat very big, he's like, yeah, sometimes I'll have a plate of pasta. Uh, when he cheats, he's getting, he, he can absorb that because he's a beast. Yeah. yeah, you have more tolerance for it. Exactly. And it's the same with the gluconeogenesis because when you're converting protein to glucose, I think one, if you're highly active mm -hmm. and low carb mm -hmm. and you're adapted to that, then you're used to oxidizing protein at a higher level. Mm -hmm. One, so it's not converting to glucose. But two, when it does convert to glucose, you have more of that carbohydrate tolerance. Mm -hmm. So the flip side of this is, so maybe for Anthony, that may be true, but that isn't true for everyone. Right. So, Especially people who are, uh, who are used to a sedentary lifestyle and are not making exactly. overall lifestyle changes when they go keto. Exactly. So if you're new to keto, nope. If you're sedentary, nope. If you're uh, kind of lower on the end of lean body mass, let's say like, you know, a middle-aged uh, housewife, you know, then, mm -hmm. and, you know, then you're not going to have the ability to have a lot of carbohydrates, a lot of protein and still stay in ketosis as well. It's not fair, but it's just the way it is. Right. And some of it's genetics, some of it's the amount of muscle and some of it's the amount of activity, but that's what it is. Um, which I guess transitions nicely into my next question, which is I know how 
popular the ketogenic diet has gotten for for weight loss now. And there's a lot of people who are not necessarily looking for peak performance, right? There's a lot of people who are not coming to it with the same kind of approach as someone like Dominic D'Agostino or yourself would. Um, and I found too, I, I think I've said this, I, I, I found that the real reason for ketosis, the real best feeling about ketosis is the mental energy over anything else, over weight loss, over all the other stuff. Like I, you, I just feel better. I am more focused. I am more driven. Um, my, my, I said my relationship to food changes, but I, I feel like so many people are coming to this f- for a new reason just for weight loss, and there's a lot of red flags, like you just said, like gluconeogenesis, not knowing about that. What are things you wish these new people would know? Yeah, the, so some of the mistakes that happen early on is one, I would say for the first 90 days, just do strict ketogenic diet. Don't get into cyclical, don't get into targeted, don't mess around with net carbs. Mm. Those are fine to do once you know what ketosis is, you're used to the feeling, you've maybe done some testing with urine strips or blood, and you've adapted. You need time to keto adapt to be fat adapted. So that's really important that you don't mess with with net carbs and and do some of the other um, aspects of a ketogenic diet until later on. Another wait, 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 problem. Tell me about net carbs because I, I I why why does net carbs matter then? What do you what what should you just be focusing on? Total carbs, like just keeping your total carbs under total like ten carbs. grams. Yeah, I I mean I would actually go really strict that like twenty grams total carbs, like wow. not even not even fifty, not net carbs and. When people are doing 50 grams and net carbs, it it can be a mess. Like yeah. you'll never really get into ketosis that really? well, especially if you're not active. So would that include things like broccoli, where the even, fiber? Yeah, would... I mean even even like that. I'm not saying like that. Like down the road, that isn't um, fine to have as much broccoli as you want. But I'm just saying that it helps that early on, that wow. you fully keto adapt. You get as deep into ketosis as possible your body makes those epigenetic changes Mm. to the enzymes, to things like something called an MCT transporter that helps with BHB, beta-hydroxybutyrate, which is a ketone. It helps with the uptake and utilization of it. Like your body is literally making genetic changes. So you need to adapt and it makes it easier if you're full on. And then it's, I think it's easier mentally for you to understand what exactly full keto feels like mm-hmm. and then start experimenting from there. When you introduce too many variables, because some of these short chain fibers that might get counted as net net carbs, like one's called IMO, isomalto oligosaccharide, mm-hmm. uh, it actually, your body looks at it more like a sugar than a fiber, but Technically, it, get list, it gets listed as a fiber, so people count it as net carbs. And then there's certain sugar alcohols, which get metabolized differently, which some people are more reactive to than others. So this is it gets a little complicated with some of these things. And again, it almost gets back into the food engineering type right, thing. Right, Because sugar alcohols really weren't around. These special fibers weren't around. Like These are all kind of engineered things, but we're still counting them as quote-unquote net carbs. You're certainly better off with counting net carbs with like fiber, like what you're saying that naturally occurs in food, like with broccoli, cauliflower and things like that. Right. But I, I just try and ascribe to like as strict as you can early on. And it just helps with, with the adaptation process. So what are those foods? Cause, uh, I mean, I know it's, I, 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 what I did when I first started was I just cooked a lot of vegetables in olive oil and, uh, Mm -hmm. overdid it with the olive oil. Um, and it added MCT oil to my coffee, uh, things like that. And that early on was what I did. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's really good. I mean, those are, those are great things to do. I wouldn't say to, to cook olive oil with high heat. That's one of those things that it's not a saturated fat, so it doesn't have as high a smoke point and you can right. oxidize them. Got it. So, uh, I would recommend that you do use something that's like like butter or, you know, something like that, that is a saturated fat, coconut oil. Um, those respond better to high heats and save the olive oil for the salads or, you know, just putting on mm-hmm. you know, cold. Um, but certainly, and, and eating like things like eggs and full fat cheeses and, mm. uh, you know, the meats, not avoiding the fat, being okay with cooking the fat. You can save your 
bacon grease and actually use those with your vegetables. Um, sometimes people like the taste of that with like the green beans and things like that. Um, so there's a lot of options to do. That's oh, it's a, and, and that is that what you would recommend for the people that that first start? Is like get yourself some, just get, go to the store, buy a couple pounds of butter. You're going to be using a lot of it. Uh, get some not lean meats, but marbled meats and um, and green leafy vegetables that you can douse in oil. Is that is that the start? That's it. That's it exactly. Wow. I mean, that's more or less how I started, and I got to be honest, the results I got at the beginning were definitely the best. I, I've just found that as time has gone on, I've leaned more into the net carbs and, and, and things like that, and it's it's been okay. I haven't been yeah, as... Yeah, because you're probably more active now. You're less metabolically broken because mm -hmm. you're keto adapted, and you have a little bit more leeway, for sure. Yeah, yeah that, that's my point. But exactly, so when you're eating a steak with, let's say, butter on it or you know whatever you want to put on it, it's really hard to eat the second steak with butter on it, Oh, right? yeah. Okay. I've never gone to so, Ruth's Chris and finished my butter steak and been like, you know what, guys? Let's stop and get some French fries on the way home. Right, exactly. And that's the beauty of being on keto. When you're in a deeper level of ketosis, uh, BHP does signal uh, satiety, right? Mm -hmm. So, like, you feel more full. And this happens when you fast, that BHB levels rise, that you get deeper into ketosis, and you feel less full. People wonder, like, why you don't just feel like you're starving all the time, and you mm -hmm. kind of get mm -hmm. this, this good state where you're actually more alert, you're less hungry on fasting. And it's like, oh, that doesn't make sense. That's because of keto. Right. Because right. you're deeper in ketosis. And by the way, you know, ketosis exists in us because of... Uh, because of our need to fast, because of our food, uh, because as human beings, we haven't always had supermarkets, right? Everything was a food desert, uh, you know, uh, 2000 years ago. So when, or, or 4,000 years ago, you had to actually go and, and get the food yourself. And, and we adapted to living like that, where you had these long periods of time where you were hunting and maybe you had to go three days without food. Exactly. The food availability wasn't, wasn't as insane as it is right now with right. DoorDash and, convenience stores and yeah. vending machines and where we're just constantly assaulted all day long with food and then high glycemic food on top of it. And then we're sitting at computers and sedentary. We used to have to work for our food, go hunt our food, prepare our food, mm -hmm. sometimes take days. You know, back then fasting might have been called starving where we were looking for food and sometimes it wasn't there. You know, you had to hunt mm -hmm. something mm -hmm. down. And I do believe that's one of the reasons why you feel so alert on keto is one because what we were talking about before with some, the brain energy gap, insufficient cellular mm -hmm, energy mm -hmm. with us having too high glycemic of a diet and insulin or glucose intolerance. But also I think it's an adaptation to make us more alert so that we can find the food we need. We need to be hyper alert. We need to mm -hmm. be ready so that we can hunt down that food. Like if we were, gone you know two days without eating and quote unquote starving and and we were just tired and you know laying on the ground then we wouldn't be able to get the food we need right and i feel like that's an important aspect of keto is that we get that alertness uh that that's very unique that you don't experience on on a typical glucogenic diet right right i mean and and i gotta say too like i i know uh dr d'agostino he has done some major uh, hit PRs and some major power lifts uh, while fasted. And in my experience, I've gone on three-day fasts and had zero effect on my ability to remain focused in the gym at work. Uh, and I've hit major milestones in terms of lifting while fasted, which for anybody that is on a, on a glucose-based cycle would tell you is almost impossible. Exactly, exactly. And I would say it's important to adapt to fasting as well. Don't go on a three-day fast right out of the gate. Make right. sure, and don't do a dry fast right out of the gate. Like, you know, make sure to hydrate and get enough salt uh, in your diets, you know, so that you're not feeling uh, as tired. Right. Yeah, it takes, it takes some time to get used to, but absolutely, totally agree on, you know, doing a three-day fast is, is very feasible on a ketogenic diet and, is extremely difficult on a glucogenic diet. And I think, you know, if we were to go back in time, we were probably ketogenic 50% of the time, and we weren't necessarily eating a ketogenic diet. 
but it's because we were eating what's called resistant starches, uh, like a potato or a green banana, mm -hmm. actually were resistant starches and, and have no glycemic impact. Uh, it's just when we heat up that potato and mash it up, or with the, the banana, when we wait till it's ultra ripe and, you know, at the perfect level of, of sweetness that, you know, we get this. Right. And a lot of our foods are like that, that they would have been resistant starches. They would have been high fiber, like the broccoli or cauliflower, you know, example you gave mm -hmm. the leafy greens. And then we would have been eating potentially depending on where we were in the world. But let's say it was the winter, we would have been eating animals. Right. So right. and then we would have gone days without eating or right. we would have expended a lot of energy, you know, looking for food, preparing food. And all of this stuff adds up to ketosis. So right. I think it would have been very normal for us to be using the other aspect of our dual fuel system, the ketones, whereas now it's highly abnormal to be in ketosis because we're eating all day long. All day. We're not exercising. Right. Eating high glycemic foods. And keep in mind, even if you're, I love going to the gym. I, I get up most days of the week and I hit the gym. And I, if I'm at the gym for an hour, that's great. And I'm, I'm above average in that regard. However, that doesn't come close to the kind of active lifestyle that you're describing we are adapted for. You know, <laughs> exactly. Taking, yeah. taking a hot yoga class in the evening is great. And don't stop doing that. But it does not come close to what our ancestors were doing in terms of being on their feet all day long using their legs to get from A to B 100% of the time. It's a reason why New Yorkers are so fit, because they, they spend so much time walking from place to place, even if they yeah. have an office job. And and you don't have to go back to, like, paleo times. Like, I mean, just Little House on the Prairie times, yeah. these guys were working really hard yeah. all day long. Yeah. So exactly, yep. Yeah. Um, going back to the fasting, how would you recommend? Because I have found that the fasting gives me some of my best mental results um, and... Uh, how do you start fasting? Yeah, I would, I recommend doing time restricted feeding first, doing intermittent, uh, feeding, like where you're, uh, just eating, you know, a 16 and eight where you go 16 hours without eating and then an eight hour eating window. And you can go from there to a 20 and four or an every other day mm -hmm. and start experimenting. But I think it's best to start with a 16 and eight and, that's so just I to mean, be clear that, that for a long time so. that that would mean like um let's say, let's let's put some real times on it like let's say you don't eat until noon then you stop eating at 8 p.m right which is a pretty normal thing so you basically would be skipping breakfast every day and you'd start and and at the end of at 8 p.m you can't have any late night snacks which right there by the way would cut out so many of the of the bad eating habits that we have like how many of us eat great all day long and then we reach for that late night snack and we just kill whatever diet we've had we go we just eat a whole plate of cookies or whatever so yes I, so i i actually recommend something more like 10 to 6 okay um, because of there's some uh, data by dr sachin panda about circadian rhythm and it's again we're not adapted to be eating when it's dark right i think we should be eating in right. the daylight window and that's what's best for our circadian rhythm. And we're doing a lot of things that really mess with our circadian rhythm, like exposure to blue light, like, you know, doing, which is like, you know, looking at the TVs and mm -hmm. the cell phones uh -huh. and all that late yeah. evenings. Um, sometimes being too active late at night, eating late at night kicks in your circadian rhythm. So we're wondering why we're having trouble sleeping. Another issue is is just sleep hygiene, which they also call social jet lag, where you're not like going to sleep at the same time every night and getting up at the same time every morning when you sleep in on the weekends and all that. It's just not it's not healthy to our circadian rhythm. <laughs> Basically, you, everything about our lifestyle, our modern lifestyle, you're saying it's just unhealthy. <laughs> it's terrible. Yeah, things <laughs> change so much. It is. It's it's really bad. It's it's bad on the circadian rhythm. So. That's that's the window I would recommend best. But, you know, however you execute it, if you're just eating an eight hour window, you will be snacking less. Yeah. And that helps you with not just getting into keto or adapting to fasting or right. becoming fat adapted. It helps you with just willpower to say, I'm not going to eat that because it's not in my window. And you will naturally have less calories because you'd be surprised about how many 
things kind of fit into that snacking realm that you were just talking about. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, just even that, even that part alone. And then, and then when you talked about earlier, the idea of cutting out processed foods, right? Like when you are eating whole foods and everything that just takes away your snacking options. When you have to prepare all of your food, you go, ah, I'm not that hungry. <laughs> it's if you have to like make a, to put lettuce in a bowl, even just that, put lettuce in a bowl, add some, add some olive oil on top of it and maybe a little sprinkle some cheese on top. Just that process alone. You're like, ah, ah, I don't need food. I'm good. Isn't that funny? Like yeah. how like that level of effort is too much for us now. When you think yeah. back we have to like pop top chip containers it was to get food. Right. But when so, you compare man. it to pop chop t- pop top chip containers and like and candy bars, yeah, it's a pain, you know. <laughs> but compared to like going out into a field and uh, right, right, <laughs> finding food or chasing down an animal in a yeah. forest, like yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Uh, so then, um, and then now you mentioned like a whole bunch of different kinds of fasting. Like, what is dry fasting, and why should we do it? So dry fasting is where you're not having the fluids, uh, and there's all kinds of quote unquote fasting now, fat fasting and, you know, different things where you only have fat and you might not have protein or carbs, but fat fat or uh, dry fasting compared to wet fasting is wet just involves, um, having fluids. Right. And obviously you want to not have, uh, carbohydrate in those fluids or calories as best as possible. So no soda is what you're saying or, or, you know, power drinks. But some people get very, you know, technical on this and they only want you to drink water uh, and then have maybe like a a teaspoon of sodium somewhere in the day. But like that's that's one aspect of wet fasting. But some people do like a bone broth fast where you Mm. can have some Mm. bone broth heated up and that provides some of the electrolytes as well as a little bit of collagen. Yeah. Uh, Some people allow for the caffeine like with tea and coffee uh, it just depends, you know, Well, I, I would never give up tea and coffee. Like you can, I could, I don't care how deep into ketosis I am. My coffee's <laughs> staying with me and I resent you for even bringing they, that up. There you go. And, and some people like might still have like, let's say MCTs with the coffee, yeah, yeah. um, on this fast. And, Which by the way is know, my favorite thing. It sounds mm-hmm. so gross to put oil in your coffee, but once you get used to it, like the flavor of it, which is fine. It's kind of flavorless. It just creates a weird texture. What I love about it is twofold. One, it makes me metabolize the caffeine so much more slowly because it's it's with the fat. So my body takes longer to metabolize the caffeine, which means that I get a less jittery, more sustained energy from my coffee. Plus, mm-hmm. I literally do not think about food for like seven hours. It's an amazing, amazing concoction. I cannot, I, I, I will not let you take that away from me, Sean. <laughs> No, it's great because MCTs do elevate ketones. They yeah. help uh, endogenous ketone production. So um, it is it is wonderful. And the interesting thing about MCTs, too, from a, a food uh, perspective, is that they're used as flavor enhancers. Really? In, uh, yeah, so that's that might be something that you like as well when you cook with it or you add it to recipes or maybe add it to your coffee and you get more of the flavor coming through. Yeah. Yeah, it's possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, all right. We've taken up a lot of your time today and I, and I, and I, but I, I love, I, I mean, obviously you, I love talking about this diet. Um, but mostly I, I just, I think that some of the points you've brought up about the fact that as a, as a society, we are just so far gone when it comes to our metabolic health. And we have made so many poor choices when it comes to the food that is available to us in life that I, 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 I I just really want people to hear this because I've, the pushback on keto is how unnatural it is. Like, hey, you should just be doing calorie restriction. You shouldn't do keto. And I and I'm always I I try to push back on people and say, well, actually, you know, ketosis is something we should be in regularly, whether it, naturally, right? Exactly. Like, it's, it's exactly, and and that's what I want to push out there is it's not a diet. One, it's not an eight to twelve week thing. That's you know a crash thing. It's a lifestyle, and two. Yes, like a nutritional ketogenic diet that's very high fat, very low carb is a bit of a hack to get into ketosis. But being in ketosis Mm -hmm. is completely normal and it's something that we totally should be in a lot of the time and we're not. And we're not dual fuel anymore. We're metabolically inflexible. Right. And that is not a good state to be in. We should be 
metabolically flexible and able to tap into either fuel. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a great point. I mean, you're, you, we, we really should, because again, like you said, we're, we're designed for it. And what happens is we have with our food overabundance, our bodies, and we haven't even talked about apoptosis today, which I, I think we don't have time to really get into, but our bodies just, just grind on that sugar because our bodies are designed to think that we're never going to get sugar again, or at least won't get sugar in this, in this concentration for another three to six months. You know, and when I say this concentration, I mean the concentration that we can get it in by going to any grocery store and getting the foods that 90% of us eat on a daily basis. That's supposed to be like a once every six months dose of, dose of sugar, and our body metabolizes it with that in mind. Right. That's a great point. Exactly. Um, so I just, I don't know. I, I feel really passionate about this. What is, what is something that you would, I mean, beyond, okay, so we've said that naturally ketosis should be occurring um and and to the to the to the I don't want to call them haters but I don't think I can't even a better word to the doubters the hate and the people that doubt that the ketogenic diet is is um is a or call it a fad um what would you want to say what else would you want to say to them well that's it like it's not a fad it's we are adapted for this it's what our bodies were designed for it's not a diet it's anything that raises ketones is keto to me. It's not just a diet. It's like, so exogenous ketones, MCTs, the ketogenic diet, fasting, glycogen depletion, like exhausting, you know, workouts. Mm-hmm. All of this is keto to me because right. it's raising ketones. Right. So when you put it in a little box and call it a diet, that's kind of silly to me. Like, right. and, and I think people are, are missing the, the bigger picture here that they're coming from the perspective of, eating something that's so unhealthy, the Western diet, these ultra processed foods. And it drives me crazy that people will say calories in calories out and you know, that it doesn't matter if it fits your macros and, and they can eat pop tarts and gummy worms all day. And they think that that's still healthy. Yes, you can lose weight that way. Right. But the long-term implications for your health are not nearly as good. And I would challenge anyone who's not been in ketosis, a deep, state of ketosis that doesn't know the alertness, right. the, uh, you know, drop in, in appetite, the feeling of, of less inflammation, just feeling like optimal mm-hmm. again, like in a way that you probably haven't felt in years. And, you know, you'd have to go back to when you were like highly insulin sensitive. Remember when you were a kid and you'd have like someone gave you candy or soda and you're like going around, running around like crazy. And right. everyone's who gave him the candy? You know, yeah. that was because you were highly insulin sensitive. Right. That's how you can feel when you have ketones in your system. Yeah. 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 It's true. I, I uh, we had a, we have a friend of the show, Frank Yosa, who created the most affordable version of ketone esters I've ever seen, uh, called ketone aid. And, uh, one of that's one of his selling points is like, look, maybe you're not into ketosis, but if you want to learn what keto feels like, try one of these shots of ketone aid, which are, which will take you from like a 0.7. If you do blood, it'll take you from like a 0.7 to like a 3.7. If you, if you drink enough of it, um, within like, you know, 20 minutes. So it'll put you into deep ketosis. so You can feel what it feels like. Um, almost immediately. And I, 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 that's part of like the selling point of it is like, try it, see what ketosis feels like now live a lifestyle that gets you into ketosis. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, what do you think? I mean, I know you have your own line of supplements. What do you think about supplementing for, for ketosis? Well, I, I actually formulate for other people. I don't uh, have my own line of supplements. So I'm, I'm known as the world's greatest formulator and I, I've formulated probably 500 products. Um, but as far as supplements, I think the most important ones for keto, C8 MCTs, caprylic acid, uh, it's a better MCT, uh, mm. raises ketones better than standard MCTs. And C- MCTs. C8, C8 MCTs? Is yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. Oh. And it's also called caprylic acid and it's better than MCTs, which is better than coconut oil. Um, then I would also recommend at times, if you want to get into deeper ketosis instantly, um, exogenous ketones are something that you can use as well. Supplemental BHB, mm. uh, is something you can look at. Beta hydroxybutyrate is what he's talking about. And it usually comes in a salt form bonded to either magnesium or sodium. I would exactly. also, I would also point something else out that I've heard a lot of people freak out about the, in the BHB in particular, the amount of, uh, 
uh, earth metal salts, the sodium, magnesium, that are, that you're ingesting and people think of that as being really bad for you. It can be, but you have to realize when you cut out processed food, you have lowered your sodium intake so significantly. You'll, you'll, I, mean, I found that when I'm, when I'm fasting and everything, I need to supplement salt in my diet just because of all of, because I'm not getting sodium in the whole foods anymore. So the data with sodium and having negative health outcomes is correlative. And when you tease out of those um, massive correlational studies, these, these uh, genetic or uh, 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 epidemiologic studies, sorry, uh, that are populational level, when you tease out processed food, mm-hmm. you take out the danger of sodium. Because oh, sodium is high in the processed food. Right. And when you actually look at it, sodium is correlated to longer life. And it always has been something that we've always thought was important in our diets, that we need to add salt, that salt used to be considered a currency in Rome. That's why the word salary comes from that, S-A-L. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, and like our soldiers used to have to take salt tablets and all that. Salt is important. And when you're on a ketogenic diet, you need more salt. And most athletes are hyponatremic, which means low in salt. Mm-hmm. Well, because you're and sweating it out all the time. Exactly. 90% of your sweat is is sodium. So uh, sodium is actually very helpful. And, and magnesium, most of us are deficient in as well. So that's something that I wouldn't worry about, um, you know, getting these salts with the BHBs. So uh, I think that's something that's absolutely fine and way overstated mm-hmm. in terms of uh, risk. Uh, but another supplement that I think is really important on the ketogenic diet is called berberine. And it is amazing. It's basically the herbal form of metformin. Uh, it's a really powerful glucose disposal agent, helps with insulin sensitivity. Metformin is actually prescribed to people who need to lower their glucose, their blood glucose for mm-hmm. any number of reasons. Exactly. It's but usually It's usually pre-diabetics. Found, right. But it's also been found to be anti-aging, activating these cert genes, protecting telomere length, reducing inflammation, dyslipidemia. Okay, wait, wait, hold on. So telomere, <laughs> telomere length is the length of extra genetic information that we have in our DNA, and it is cor- the, the length of your telomeres is correlated to longer cellular life. For those of you that are, are trying to uh, uh, parse out some of the stuff he's saying. So wait, what is this supplement again? Remind us of this anti-aging Berberine. supplement. Berberine? Yeah. How do and- I get that? You, it's it's an herbal form. Uh, Berberus aristata is the herb, but you can find berberine. It'll be standardized to berberine. You want to take about 500 milligrams three times a day. Uh, certainly, if you're having carbohydrates, that would be a good meal to take it with. But it's very powerful uh, to lower blood glucose and actually raise ketones, but also protect the mitochondria. And a number of the ways that mitochondrial dysfunction uh, manifests itself is through glycation, which is blood sugar damage, oxidation, and then uh, inflammation. So they've found that berberine or metformin can lower all of those things. It can improve mitochondrial function. It can lower glycation or advanced glycation end products. It can lower inflammation, lower oxidation. So you want to take, you said 500 milligrams of berberine a day? Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Uh, and I think honestly, everyone should be on that. It's it's a uh, powerful. Comment. I just looked some up. I'm going to be ordering some, and uh, and I'll be I'll be I'll put a link to where you can buy it in the show notes because I think I think berberine is great. Is there a brand that you recommend? Uh, one that I formulated is uh, BioTrust IC5. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of the berberine on the market uh, doesn't test out, which is frustrating, but a reality with supplements and. Maybe yeah. it's another show we could do. Yeah. But, uh, or, you know, Thorne is, is always trusted. Doctor's Best. Like, those are some of the brands that I would, I would really like. All right. I'll put a link to, to where you can get some of those brands you just mentioned there. Anything else before I let you go? That's it. I really appreciate being on. I'd love to come back. Yeah, we'd love to have you. Before I let you go, there's two things I want to ask you, though. I know I keep saying I'm about to let you go, and then I just keep asking you questions. I'm sorry. I find you fascinating. I apologize. <laughs> Thank you. One thing is if people want to follow up with you, where can they follow up? That's great. Yes, so seanwells.com, S-H-A-W-N-W-E-L-L-S. Got it. And then at Zone Halo, Z-O-N-E-H-A-L-O on Twitter and Instagram. And I have great information there. So thank you for spelling that out. But I will put links to all of those, uh, to the website, 
some of the supplements he mentioned as well as uh, to his social media in the show notes. You'll be able to click on those and, and just get all of that stuff. And one last thing that I ask people, everybody that I have on the show, uh, what is something that we can all start doing today that will make our lives a whole lot better? Grant yourself some more grace. I think that's that's the one thing. If if anyone talked to you like you talked to you, you mm. wouldn't be their friend. Wow. And I think I think it's really important to just go easier on yourself. You're doing the best you can. Yeah. And I would think one of the best books that you could read right now is The Four Agreements. It absolutely Oh, I love that book. Um it's just powerful. Uh another another book slash documentary I love is something called Be Here Now. Uh, it helps with kind of mindfulness, just being thankful in the mm -hmm. moment about what you have in your life. You should have gratitude about all the things that you're blessed with. Uh, we are so blessed. If you're listening to this show, you're blessed. That means you have a radio, probably a car, you know, or a cell phone. You mm -hmm. have you know, food that you can have, like you're, you're doing okay. There's so many people in the world that are, you know, in sex slavery and war torn areas that are, uh, abused, that are hurting, that are starving. And I think we're pretty blessed. I, I, I think you're absolutely right. And I think that's a great way to end this. So just thank you, Sean Wells. Thank you so much for your time. This is incredible. I love talking about this stuff and, uh, and hopefully, hopefully people learn something today. Thank you so much for having me on. Talk to you again soon. Awesome, Gib, as usual. And, and you know, I, I, I love the idea of performance nutrition. You know, yep. I, I actually, I asked um, Dr. Brian Wansink. You know him. He's mm -hmm. from Cornell. Brain Lab. Right. And he wrote the book Mindless Eating. And I said, why is it that people are, are they're all, we're all so sluggish now and we can't get focused and we're gaining so much weight? And he said, Two things. A is we're not eating real food anymore. Right. And, and that's B a big is, thing and, for Sean. And B is food is everywhere. Yep. You said you can have a full meal at the gas station. Right. We don't we don't work for our food anymore, and that's a big problem. And, and you're absolutely right. We're not eating whole foods. We're eating over-processed foods, and that's Sean's What did you say? Thing. We don't work for our food? Yeah, because you used to have to hunt your food. You oh, okay. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Anyway, that's it for our show today. We hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please rate, comment, and subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. It helps us out a lot. Go ahead and reach out to us. Uh, share this with a friend. Facebook.com slash John Tesh, where we spend the most of our time. We do Facebook Live, post videos all the time. John is also on Twitter, at John Tesh, on Instagram, at John Tesh underscore IFYL. I am Gib Gerard. You can find me at Facebook.com slash Gib Gerard or at Gib Gerard on Instagram and Twitter. I try to respond to every comment and every message about the show because it is a show that we do for you, and we can't do it without you. So thank you guys so much for listening. <laughs>